It is Tuesday, the 15th of June, 2021. Today's episode of the show is definitely going to be worth the extra day you had to wait for it. Because you're listening to the Handsome Genius Club Radio Show. Hey kids, uh, today's guest is a bastard who's making me do this via Zoom. Uh, <laughs> I'm a bastard. <laughs> today's guest is a visionary wrestling promoter and well-intentioned shit disturber who is one of my only acquaintances to have received a cease and desist order from a billion-dollar Danish toy company. Ladies, two of them. <laughs> two, yeah, of, two, two, two of letters. Them. Yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Handsome Genius Club, Mr. Mike Roch. How's it going, Mike? Uh, doing good, man. I've listened to this podcast for like a million years, man. I remember back in like the TJ Habibi days. <laughs> like I listen yeah. to that shit all the time. I worked from home, and so I'd listen, I'd listen to your podcast every time I drop. I appreciate. I'm, I'm happy that. to be here. I appreciate that greatly. Uh, that, that sounds like you're not listening to it these days when I'm actually making it good. <laughs> I, I mean, I listen to it every now and again, for sure. Like, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts right now. But, yeah. I mean, I, I listened to your Addy Star one. I thought that one was great. Yeah, I was really happy Addy came on uh, the show. And I thought, you know, one of the things I I want to do is uh, uh, interview uh, female wrestlers. Who, right. And... Uh, talk to them about their wrestling as opposed to, you know, hey, what kind of creepy messages do you get from the guys? Yeah. I mean, I mean, hearing about the creepy messages can be fun as well, but definitely sure. focusing on, you know, the, the shit that they do, like the wrestling stuff is a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Because, I mean, Addy Star, Alexia Nicole, uh, um, uh, Jody Threat, who have all been on yeah. the show this year, who are all fantastic in-ring performers and uh, deserve respect for that as much as when I talk to uh, a Sam Adonis or a Kevin Bennett or, uh, you know, or John Greed or anybody else that I talk to about wrestling, I I, I want them... I, I don't want it to be just another interview with a guy saying... Uh, Hey, so uh, you make yeah. money on the side selling your used gear. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And, and when it comes to the selling used gear thing, I know dudes who have made more money than the females selling mm-hmm. their gear. You know, Chris Dickinson like make used to make a fucking killing selling his tights. <laughs> like if you if you go and watch a Chris Dickinson match on YouTube, yeah. He gets as many creepy comments as, uh, like, say, an Addy Star match, and and the Addy Star versus Chris Dickinson matches that are on there. There's one that has like like over a hundred million views. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's I think it's a hundred million. I'm actually gonna look wow. it up right now. Like it's it's the most watched independent match on YouTube. That's insane. Yeah, that is insane. Though, hey, listen, I got hundreds of hits on my YouTube channel. Uh, when Jody Threat and I went to McDonald's and she ate her quote unquote last Big Mac. I, I remember watching that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so update here. Uh, yeah. there's actually, there's a match from, from my promotion in Species Wrestling. Chris Dickinson versus Addy Star has 1.8 million views. 
<laughs> and the one from uh, where is it? I can't even find it. There's one from, I believe it was, the promotion was called WSU, Women's Superstars Uncensored or something. Yeah. And there's, I'm telling you, there's like over like 120 million views on that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's the most watched independent match on uh, the internet. It's wild. Uh, well, let's, let's talk specifically about your promotion, which you said, Interspecies Wrestling, based out yes. of Ottawa. It's honestly based out of, um, like, we just say we're based all over the fucking place. Yeah. Like, because, like, you know, that's our version, that's our version of parts unknown pretty much because we're <laughs> all over the place. Like, like we've, we've been based out of Michigan. We've been based out of, uh, Connecticut. Um, recently we've been running in New Jersey. Um, we run shows on the, uh, Kanawaki native reservation as well, right outside of Montreal. Like we just, we run wherever we can, whenever we can. Right, and you know? you've got boots on the ground that uh, that promote these shows, or are you just going on a, off a flyer? Oh, it's I go everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, like I'm I'm at every show in like every every town and whatnot. Like I've got friends who live in the town. Yeah, that's what that's what I that's what I mean oh, yeah. by boots on oh, the yeah, ground. Oh yeah, for sure. You've got oh, people definitely. in the towns. Oh yeah, their boots are on the ground, and they're yeah. like they're 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 you know stapling up the posters and uh, yeah. Handing out the flyers, we got guys do, who do radio interviews and stuff. Like, it's we, I've got I've got a good bunch. Cool. Uh, right now, and we'll get back to the promotion itself. Uh, but, but a prime example of the insanity that you have put forth on this earth is you are currently running a Kickstarter, right? Uh, for a campaign called. One million blocks. Let's make dumb wrestling history. You are trying to promote the dumbest wrestling match ever using, as the title says, one million colorful toy building blocks. Because let's adhere to the uh, to right. the cease and desist order. Yeah. What the fuck is going? How did how did these toy building blocks become a staple of ISW, and how did you come up with the idea for a match involving one million of them? Well, see, when I was a backyard wrestler as a teenager, we we did it all. Like we did all the the dumb backyard shit. We did the the light tubes, the barbed wire, all that all that shit that dumb fucking people do in their misspent <laughs> youth days, and. Um, I remember like one day I was in my basement and I stepped on a piece of Lego and it, it, it bruised the bottom of my foot cause I stepped so hard on it. Yeah. And then like, like I would just, I was going to work every day and every day, like just from walking on this thing, the bruise would not heal. So I was like, this thing fucked me up bad. I mean, you got people bumping on thumbtacks and stuff and they think they're all badass. What if we started bumping on Lego blocks? And my friends were all like, oh, you're fucking nuts. You're nuts. You're nuts. But we did it. We used them as a, as a weapon in our backyard days. And then. Uh, fast forward to 2006, we're a year into interspecies wrestling. Uh, we're doing a, a big, a big, uh, street fight that we called the barnyard brawl Okay. It between Muhammad, the terrorist gal, which is still to this day, one of the greatest gimmicks I ever created and his opponent, which is also a pretty great creation in uh flip D burger, who was a McDonald's employee. <laughs> um, obviously the terrorist cow has to come fight the evil, you know, corporate, uh, cow murderer yeah you know um 
and they pitched the idea of wanting to use thumbtacks and i was like no let's let's use lego let's never do thumbtacks in interspecies wrestling ever let's let's try to make lego our thing let's make lego happen so uh they break it out during the match they shake the bag it was a mcdonald's bag of course yeah and they shake the bag and the crowds are going oh yeah thumbtacks thumbtacks but when they dumped the lego half the crowd was like completely dumbfounded by it and the rest just went fucking nuts because obviously they've either got kids and they've stepped on their kids lego or they stepped on lego before so they understood what we were going for but yeah. that's when it started in 2006 it got so over and um like 2006 of course was like i believe that was like the beginning of youtube ish yeah. times yeah and we posted on our youtube and and people loved it so then we just we decided that like okay whenever we have a big match we're gonna do the Lego blocks. We're going to break them out as like the the big weapon in the match, and that's just how it's been since. Like it's it's evolved from that one final bump in a match where Flippy Burger got power bombed on some Lego, into us doing full on like uh, fan interactive like fans bring the Lego weapon matches and like um, shit like that. You know, it's it's become it's become our thing. And uh, so at some point. In the last year or so, I'm sure this is uh, brought on by uh, pandemic lockdown related psychosis. You yes. decide. <laughs> you yes. decide, and I can only guess at this until you tell me otherwise. Let me let me see if let me see if I've got this right. I'm sure you'll get it right. Like every promoter, you're thinking, "Well, what am I going to do when I come back to get noticed?" Right. I yep. know. I'll take the thing that people love and I'll blow it up about a hundred times. Well, it's it's not only that. It's the fact that it's something that we definitely brought into wrestling. Yeah. And since then, it's it's all over the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, not just from Addie taking it to England when she lived there for a while. Because I definitely credit Addie with taking it international. Yeah. Because she was the one who brought it to England and she did one for like Progress Wrestling. And she did one for uh, Eve Pro Wrestling yeah. with uh, Evil Uno. Okay. And um, but like people have done them in Australia. People mm -hmm. have done them in Japan. Like there's they're still doing them in Japan. In, in DDT Pro, there's a guy named Shunma who does Lego spots like almost every match. Yeah. Most recently, doing one with Jonakiyama, who's like my fucking favorite all Japan wrestler of all time. Yeah. So like seeing that shit really made me mark out. But like. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I wanted to come back in a big way, and I needed to do it bigger than not just how like bigger than we've done it in the past, but bigger than anybody who's done it. You right, know, right? Because right now, like people are seriously getting over for for our shit, and like it's it's horrible to say this, but like the biggest uh, Lego block bump um, on YouTube is currently involving. Like 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 the most watched video yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of Lego Bump currently involves two guys whose name I don't even want to fucking mention because one of them's a rapist and the other one's uh he's he's uh he's a he's a he's an it name right now for some some bad shit so like yeah we need to outdo that shit you know okay <laughs> so what's what's the thought where do you you know where's the eureka moment where you say a million blocks. Well, I was just like fucking around. Listen, man, I, I talked to my friend Jeff Cannonball, the, the, the you know the soda reviewer that everybody yeah. knows him as now. Yeah, um, the man who turned reviewing soda in thirty seconds on YouTube into having his own fucking soda. 
Like it's which is insane to me yeah. still. Uh, yeah. I, I probably annoyed him with so many ideas when it came to this, and like I planned this for almost a year mm. before I dropped it. Because like I wanted to drop it last year, but I didn't know how. Yeah. And every time I came close to thinking like, okay, I'm gonna drop it, something else would happen. Like uh, like you know, like Game Changer Wrestling GCW, they started like a uh, like a an online campaign to raise money for out of work wrestlers and put on a 24 hour stream on YouTube yeah. in which people worked and 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 they got paid through pledges. And I was like, okay, well I can't drop it this weekend then because I'm. Like my, my news is going to get buried in their news, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I really had to like strategically figure out like a day to like drop this. And I dropped it on February 1st of this year after planning it for a year, after spending uh, like three weeks putting together my little promo video where I very crudely animated my stupid Lego face. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny because when it dropped, I, I got no attention. Like, like. A few hours pass, and I realized, like, holy fuck, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> like, this was my idea, and like, I, I think it, I think it failed, and like, that's one of my biggest fears ever is failure. Yeah, like, I don't oh, want to put, buddy. I don't, I don't want to put myself on Front Street like that, and like, throw my idea that I thought was fucking great that I spent a year annoying Jeff Cannonball about. Yeah, and then have it, it fail you are you are fucking preaching to the choir when it comes to that yeah i think a lot of people especially in wrestling feel that way you know like um there's a lot of insecurity in wrestling which is crazy because you guys really put yourselves out there in the ring in front of a bunch of fucking people yeah most of the time in your underwear (laughs) you know like (laughs) like in little tights but there's there's a lot of insecurity and i i feel it completely uh especially in myself like i also suffer from like anxiety and a host of other things yeah um but yeah um, I was so scared of this thing fucking tanking, and then suddenly the blocks started coming in. And it was just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. My wife's just like, hey, you got more blocks today. You got more blocks today. You got more blocks today. And it was getting to the point where, like, hey, we're getting so many of these fucking things, I don't know where to put them. <laughs> like, I thought I was going to get a divorce because I put a stupid fucking idea out there, and my wife was getting angry with me because I was taking up all the space in our house. With <laughs> boxes upon boxes of blocks, but it was overwhelming, and uh, I'm, I'm glad it's worked out so far. So, what what are you getting? Are you getting like sets or like big bags of used Lego, or like what what what's the typical what's the typical shipment like? So, a few people have shipped me like their kids' blocks, like okay. uh, like oh hey, my kids are in college and they don't play with these anymore. I pulled them out of my attic. So I've got like some vintage like seventies, eighties Lego blocks. Oh shit! Uh, just in Rubbermaid containers, like yeah. shipped to me. Yeah. And uh, but mostly it's um, we would we made a, a Amazon wish list with the cheapest knockoffs we could find. Uh-huh. Like uh, the the best one so far was a company called Lucky Doug. So okay, we kept getting these these boxes of fifteen hundred blocks, Lucky Doug, and they cost like fifteen dollars, which was. It's a great deal, yeah. considering. I mean, I know how. I know you know how much fifteen hundred Lego blocks cost. Yeah, it's like seventy dollars in Canada yeah. for for a box of fifteen hundred Lego blocks, depending on so, the set. Yeah, yeah, right. Or even just like the plain. Oh, the basic like, sets. Yeah, uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The basic building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've got like fifteen of those too. But like, because some people are just fucking crazy and they just like threw mad money into this thing, which is nuts. <laughs> um, but like the Lucky Doug blocks, we ended up getting so many of those 
that not only is Amazon Canada completely sold out and it says they don't know if or when they're going to get more. Wow. Um, the American side, uh, they like doubled their price. Because I guess they figured like, oh, we're selling so many of these things. Let's so just try they... to make more money. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they're just taking advantage of you, of, of right. your... Uh, okay. Good and it's funny because... I wrote, actually wrote the company, like, because in every box that you get of these blocks, there's, like, a little, like, like uh, hey, like, tell us if there's something wrong or whatever yeah. card. Yeah. So I sent the, I sent them an email, and I was like, hey, guys, like, uh, you know, I mean, if you check it, like, my Amazon history or whatever, like, I got an Amazon wish list in which people have bought, you know, like, 60, 70 boxes of your shit, like, Maybe uh, there was a bone in here. Maybe like a sponsorship or something. Maybe we call this the Lucky Doug match. And they said, and, uh, "They said, uh, give us your address. We're gonna send you something." And I got two boxes of free blocks. Oh boy! <laughs> but I mean, hey, that's that's thirty bucks. Whatever. Sure, I'll but it, it just it just it it reminds me here. I'm gonna interject with some of my own bullshit. It reminds me of once at work, at the club, uh, mm. I. I found a girl's, I found a dancer's uh, purse, her wallet. It had $2,100 in it. Jesus. I returned it to her. She thanked me and handed me a 20. I I mean, I I, want to say, at least she thought enough of you to give you something. It's very nice of her. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so they sent you two boxes of knockoff Lego. Yeah, they did. That's good for them. That's yeah. that's nice. I mean, well, no. Hey, listen. At least, I appreciate at, it. At, yeah, like I said, at least they kicked it, right? Right. It 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 gets the numbers up, and that's all I care about. But holy God, what a missed opportunity for them! Uh to uh to not partner up in some way with with you hey this guy has received multiple cease and desist orders right from from uh from bill in denmark actually you're on his side not not even from denmark it's (laughs) Uh, because they have they have like a factory in in uh connecticut oh okay so i received two letters from their hartford law office Hey man, if they've got a factory in Connecticut, how come my bricks and pieces orders have to come on a boat from Poland? Yeah, that sounds like bullshit. <laughs> they got they got something they got something going in Connecticut because uh, a friend of mine who lives in Connecticut knows people who work for Lego. Yeah, like uh, he's he's like a teacher's aide in a school, and one of the kids that he helps teach is like this Danish kid whose dad was like a higher up in Le- at Lego. Yeah. Yeah. So, damn it. I mean, they they have some kind of presence in Connecticut for sure. But yeah, like I I received two letters from their law office in Hartford. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one um, wasn't directly sent to me. It was sent to Pro Wrestling Tees on my be like like uh-huh. like for them for them to give to me. Okay. Because because what happened was we released a T-shirt and it was um it was uh, the former Flippy Burger because Flippy Burger. His, his wrestling name changed from Flippy Burger to just Shitty, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a it was a drawing of him. 
It was a drawing uh, of it was a drawing of him giving a raccoon a curb stomp into blocks. Uh-huh. And when when PWTs put it up, they listed it as Lego Deathmatch. Oh. And I guess somebody tipped Lego off and Lego was just like, look, we don't want Lego associated with this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. We're, we're politely asking you to take this down. Yeah. You know, like like no longer sell this t-shirt. But in reality, they have no right to tell us not to sell the design because the design doesn't say Lego anywhere on it, and they don't have the the patent for those blocks. Yeah, for you know? uh, for anyone who needs a laugh, go to cagematch.net and search for shitty. Yes, yes. <laughs> is he wait? Is he on there as shitty? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, he's on there as also known as Shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Also known as Shitty, Flippy Burger, Flip. Uh, he's he's known as a few things. Yeah. Like fucking Jim Cornette kind of outed his masked persona. Yeah, well. Recently. Uh, I've got I got a lot of uh, comments on his matches recently saying, Oh hey, Jim Cornette sent us and it, it's weird because, you know, I'm going off on a tangent here about Jim Cornette. No, no, no. We're going to go off on a tangent about Jim Cornette. Okay. So um, I'll say this. Yeah. I, 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 I hate Jim Cornette's thoughts on the indies and whatnot. Yeah. I think he's an asshole. Yeah. But I feel like he's an asshole to sell T-shirts. Yes. If he gets, if he gets a rise out of his fans when it comes to fucking anything, yes. he'll stick on it. Like, he'll stay on it like a fucking pit bull. Like, his yes. jaw locks. His jaw locks on that shit because yeah. he knows, like... His fans are going to keep fucking parroting his shit. Yeah. And then they're going to buy anything he puts out. So that's the thing. I, I love Jim Cornette, but I have walked away from my, any fandom I have of Jim Cornette in the last two years or so because, because he's, he's learned from the Alex Joneses and the Joe Rogans of the world. Uh, who will, uh, who will go down uh, a filthy road to make an extra buck, right. and and they know that their fan bases are so rabid that that they're willing, you know, most of them are willing to follow along. It's, you know, it's it's a it's a slow road of attrition for Cornette. In that, you know, when he says the stupid, outrageous thing, it's not like 50% of his audience leaves. Maybe 1% or 2% leave. Yeah. And he can continue on to the next outrageous, dumb thing. You know, uh, fucking Jordan Grace or uh, yeah. death matches or, uh, you know, wh- AEW in A- general. AEW. <laughs> On and on and on and yeah, so um, I love Cornette, but I can't, I can't stand by him anymore. I can't stand right. by the f- fucking nutso shit he says. And well, I'm, okay. I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, some fucking, <laughs> some fucking weasel is going to send him a copy of this eventually, and he'll talk shit about you and me. So. That's fine. See, the thing the thing with Jim Cornette, though, is that maybe he won't talk shit because you're basically saying that you love him. You know? I do, but... And, the, and, the and, Jim and what Corn- I was going to say, yeah. what I was going to say about Jim Cornette is that, like, while I don't agree with a lot of the shit he says, yeah. I watch I watch Dark Side of the Ring yeah. every every week, 
and whenever he's on, he's the best part of the episode. Oh, yeah, because he, uh, listen, Jim Cornette is uh, smart as a fucking whip. Yes. He's an incredible historian for the business. Yes. Uh, and he was an incredible performer and and promoter. Right. Um, but to uh, to make a living now, he's turned into... Uh, he's turned into shock jock. Uh, a shock. That's fantastic. I was going to say carnival barker, and that's mm-hmm. and that's not right. But he's he's turned into uh, he's turned into a Midwest shock jock. He's not yeah. he's not Howard Stern. He's man cow. Man cow, who was okay. also involved in wrestling at one point. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. He's man cow. He's he's Bubba the Love Sponge, and that's that's the reference that'll get him angry at me. Uh, Why? Because they're both cucks. <laughs> I mean, Bubba's a cuck. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, H- Hogan banged his wife and then sat there on the bed and went, "Oh, I ate like a fucking pig today." <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we listen, if we go down that road, it just turns into me yelling about Hogan still being a racist oh, and having having never done a f- single fucking thing. To redeem himself to people because nope. he doesn't care. The only reason he's back is because of the Saudi deal. Yeah. And side note, if uh, if you're if you're one of the people who canonizes uh, the Ultimate Warrior, fuck you because he's even worse. Yeah, he's bad. So, uh, anyways, I hope. I wonder if the if the uh, Hulk Hogan biopic. That Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, is going to be in. I wonder if they'll uh, have anything about him uh, backstabbing Jesse Ventura when he tried to unionize the WWF. <laughs> Who knows? Honestly, you, you know it's going to be a pulp piece. And oh sure, be all all good shit and like yeah. going to be like, oh yeah, he was a good husband. <laughs> you know, he's he's he a, a good father. He was a great he, he, husband. He never did coke. When, when when his son when his son got in a car wreck and turned a guy's fucking head into a catcher's mitt, he didn't say on the get caught on the phone saying like, "Oh yeah, he had it coming." Yeah, you know, like yeah, like, nah, fuck Hulk Hogan. He's a real upstanding dude. He's a he's a brother, brother. <laughs> fuck. How do you how do you deal with when we when we talk about somebody like Jim Cornette ragging on? Uh, parts of the business that he doesn't respect. How do you deal with your own fans and customers and their expectations and demands for your product? How do how do I deal with it? Yeah. Um. I just I just look. Um. I'm like one of the biggest wrestling fans you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a huge mark. I watch wrestling. Every weekend, and usually it's it's mostly the indies, but, you know, I'll get caught up watching some AEW pay-per-views and WWE pay-per-views and whatnot, but, like, I basically, it's and it's weird to fucking say this, but I kind of book for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Because yeah. I figured that if I, as a big wrestling fan, I'm, I'm going to get a big kick out of this, that any other big like-minded wrestling fan will get a kick out of it as well. But also, I, don't, I also don't book for wrestling fans, because I like being the wrestling fan product that literally anybody could just step in off the street and enjoy immediately yeah you know like um when we ran in montreal we used to run in like this punk rock club called fufun electric which translates to the electric butt cheeks 
Uh, and uh, it's a legendary place. It's basically the Canadian version of like like CBGB. Okay. And uh, like when we ran there, like our crowd had was just full of hot chicks. And it's just like this is not like and I'm not saying that hot chicks don't go to wrestling shows. I mean, I met my wife at a wrestling show. So, yeah. um, but like it was just like the, like the ratio of girls to guys in the crowd was was insane. Mm. And uh, and like none of these girls actually liked wrestling. They just liked coming to my shows because it was basically, you know, a place to go and party and drink with your friends. And then you look to the left and there's a guy smashing a fucking terrorist cow with something made out of Lego blocks. You know, yeah. like it was just it was something cool for them. Um, my way of dealing with expectations is just uh, like I said, I just, I just book crazy shit that I think that everybody will enjoy. And mm-hmm. uh, if they don't enjoy that, they'll enjoy the next thing. And just i just i'm just trying to have fun man <laughs> so, so so that's the philosophy behind uh interspecies wrestling yeah we're wrestling for people who don't like wrestling <laughs> you know and uh like i i live by something i heard like uh are you you're, are you familiar with um the movie the devil's rejects oh god yes um yeah uh, rob zombie so yeah. there's a documentary that came with the dvd release i believe it was called like 60 days in hell or something like that mm-hmm. And during it, um, he, he starts talking about how when he's making a movie, the process has to be fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, not just himself having a great time, but everybody that he employs, uh, whether it be an actor, whether it be, like, like a fucking grip or whatever. Everybody has to be having fun, because if you're not having fun, why the fuck would you want to be there? Yeah. So that's, that's how I see it. Like, if I, everybody has to have fun. And like, that's, that's one of the reasons why, like, I, I used to get criticism because people said, oh, you only book your friends. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't I want to do something with the people I enjoy having around me? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm going to spend basically an entire day, actually, when we run our shows, I spend basically the whole weekend with everybody's on the card, you know, like we'll, we'll have like an after party and the night before we'll get some dinner, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, why wouldn't I want to be around the people I love being around, you know? Like, like, uh, should I apologize that some of my closest friends are like some of the best wrestlers in the country? Like, <laughs> like, I'm not going to apologize for that. No, absolutely not. Um, so, uh, now gearing up for this, uh, do you know, do you have an idea of when the million blocks match might take place? Well, it's going to take place at Matt Tremont's building in, uh, Williamstown, New jersey oh and okay in order in order for that to happen i mean most of my most of my rosters american anyway and mm. i figure that us going there is probably a lot easier than them coming here right now right so like me and the few canadians that i need for this show will just either fly down there or, or pack a car and just go down for like a vacation yeah and uh from this show but uh that's the plan we're gonna run it there and ideally i'd love to do it in the fall mm-hmm. like this i finish Oh yeah, okay. I finished school. I finished school in October. I figure I go down there for like my birthday and spend mm-hmm. time with my family down there, mm-hmm. and then we run the show. I'm thinking November. Okay, that's, that's my plan. Um, and I mean, like, that's that's always been the plan. I've wanted to do it in 2021. Like the last time we ran a show was my birthday, October 19th in 2019. 
we had a fuckload of plans for 2020, but yeah. you know how that went. Yes. That went that went down to fucking shitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know how that went. Fuck man. Oh, our our like our like uh our 2020 was was rough. Like yeah. uh not only did all our shows get canceled, but like our our champion was Matt Tremont and he ended up retiring. Mm. So then uh our belt was vacated, but now it's we have a champion, Tara Calloway won the belt and she's fucking awesome like I don't know if you're aware, but she uh, recently put together a uh, training program for people in wrestling to deal with, like, uh, um, uh, basically to like to educate their rosters on like uh, like proper etiquette and like like uh, so that we don't get another speaking out mo- movement. Okay. Yes. Like like she 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 uh, put that together with Rain, the uh, the um, yeah yeah the center for yeah. Like the thing that Mick Foley supports. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, if, and like she's fucking amazing. So I'm just happy to have her represent us. That's and, fantastic, man. Yeah. So, but like, like 2020 was supposed to be our 15th anniversary. We didn't get to do any of that. Yeah. Uh, then I thought that maybe this year we'd get to do our sweet 16, and we uh, can't even really do that yet. You know, like yeah. So, uh, for uh, just because I don't want to let it pass by, Rain is R A I N N. It is it is the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. Uh, you can find them online at Rain R A I N N dot org. Yeah, she put a lot of work into putting that together. Like, wow. uh, and so far, it's gotten a hell of a lot of interest, and I'm I'm glad that we have somebody like her who is. Uh, who does something like this, and she also promotes a wrestling promotion that uh, raises money for like mental health mm-hmm. research and uh, and uh, like uh, like uh, stuff like that, basically. Yeah, like mental health stuff, yeah. mental health charities, and she's fucking awesome. That's I, I could put her I could put her over all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, side note: uh, Are the gymnasty boys breaking up? They've broken up. Yeah, yeah. I uh, thought I heard that. They, they went their separate ways, man. I don't even think they talk anymore. Ooh. But yeah, that's how bad it's gotten. And it really? sucks because it sucks because they're like one of my favorite tag teams and plus two of my favorite guys to be around and like you know, it's it it, it really sucks. So that's another that's more of our belts that got vacated. Yeah, I saw you, you you posted a photo of uh, of the ta- you got the tag belts back. Yep. So Well, uh, I, uh, those boys are in the south, so like Yeah. They're, I think they're in uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. They, just, they just got shipped back up to me. I, I, I spoke to them before the SummerSlam weekend here, and I was already, like, I was already way full up with Wrestlers Union, so I couldn't, uh, I didn't have room, which is a shame, because I would love to have put them on a show. Yeah. I mean, like, Mike is basically, he's not retired, but he's definitely working a lighter schedule. He's just... He's more into like he he got like a really good job yeah and he's working that but Timmy's Timmy's still grinding good like I I recommend I highly recommend Timmy to anybody any promoter in Canada yeah who wants to bring in an act that you don't regularly see here because I find a lot of the shows in Ontario have kind of the same crews yeah but if you want to bring in an outside guy who's gonna fucking tear it up Timmy Lou Rett that's, that's your boy right okay. there okay all right this is good. Uh, I don't mind a few recommendations from a guy who's doing it successfully. Ah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I kind of like fucking luck into booking the right people, you know? Like, yeah. Sometimes it's just like, hey, this guy's cool. I want him on my show. I haven't even seen him work yet. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, what, uh, uh, oh, you know what I, okay, fuck that. I know what I'm going to ask. All right. What the fuck's wrong with professional wrestling right now? Um, a lot of things. Like, I've, I've tweeted before that I feel like, especially in the indies right now, yeah. um, it feels like pro wrestling's on strike and there's a lot of scab workers. <laughs> because I feel like a lot of the same people are working the same shows and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fucking say it because I'm very biased. I feel yeah. like if the border was open right now and Canadian guys were working those shows, these people would have no gig. Mm. Like, like, let's face it, man. Some of the best wrestlers on the fucking planet are in our province of Ontario. Yes. Like, and I'm not even counting the Quebec guys because there's a lot of talented Quebec guys. Oh, yeah. Ontario, Ontario is the breeding ground for, like, indie superstardom yeah so then uh why are why are there besides the pandemic why is that ontario class of uh of wrestling talent so underappreciated or underutilized or under under something under a cloud what 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 is it going to take for this collection of talent to uh, break through and get over. People, I feel, honestly, have to go the Ethan Page slash Josh Alexander route and start getting into cars and traveling to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Like, guys like Space Monkey have done it. Yeah. Uh, Shane Saber. Yeah. You know, but there's a lot of guys who are content with, oh, hey, I get booked, you know, every weekend like where i live mm -hmm. i'm good you know yeah like not everybody i don't think everybody wants to be like a big name you know uh like i know a lot of guys in ottawa who just don't leave ottawa like, yeah it's, it's baffling to me yeah because I, I i mean you know i've i've talked about this ad nauseum here on this show is uh the geography of Canada being uh a an impediment to a lot of guys in that you know you get 90% of the almost 90% of the population lives within 100 miles of the US border right but that border is this long thin ribbon across the continent so, you know, when I was in Pittsburgh, when I was living in Pittsburgh and I could get, you know, I could do seven hours and get to New York, New Jersey, uh, Ohio, you right. know, Indiana, uh, West Virginia, Virginia, you know, anywhere in Pennsylvania, all, all of these places that were available to me, whereas, you know, I'm in Canada, uh, if I'm in if I'm in Ottawa, right, my, you know, where does my seven, eight hours driving get me? Windsor. <laughs> it gets me. It gets me to. It gets me to Windsor in the west. So maybe Detroit. Yeah. It gets me to. I'm assuming Quebec City in the. Like, I mean, in eight hours, are you getting anywhere with a within a population center in, uh, in New Brunswick or Nova Scotia? That, no, no. So you get to Quebec City, yeah, Montreal, Montreal, and, and of Montreal course, two and hours, of, and of course Montreal, and then straight south, 
you know, yeah. Connecticut, some upstate New York shit. You're, yeah. you're, 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 you're limited. You're limited even within Canada. So, uh, there has to be, there has to be even more dedication. You've really got to double down on yourself. Right. And you really, yeah, you and, really have to. Like, I mean, if, if guys like, uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno didn't, uh, you know, basically throw themselves out there like yeah. uh like fly to california on their own dollar to wrestle for pwg which in turn has gotten them to AEW. yeah yeah you know like it's you really have to you really have to bet on yourself yeah and and i find that a lot of the guys in ontario are they seem to be just content with being where they are mm-hmm. you know when 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 you know wwe comes through for a tryout or whatever they'll do that and yeah. i guess like that's like the way that they think they're gonna make it but it's definitely not like like Ethan Page, another guy who definitely invested in himself. Josh mm-hmm. as well. Yep. You know, um, just you know, throw yourself out there. You have to do it. Yeah. You know, no one's looking for you. No. <laughs> no. Fuck no. No one. No one is looking for you. And and everything you get, but there there are opportunities out there, and you got to take, you know, use both hands and grab hold of them, and right, you know, squeeze them dry. So. Uh, right. so yeah, there are guys, I remember when, uh, when Ethan Page, perfect example, was making long ass car journeys to, you know, nine hours to Chicago and, and going yep. to Indiana and, shit. and, uh, he would throw that, that tweet up or that Facebook message up saying, you know, I've got, I've got room in the car. Who wants to come? Yeah. And, and sometimes telling me that, you know. Nobody, well, I remember, nobody answered. Yeah, I remember when like Ethan Page first started going to the U.S. It was somebody else who was going to the U.S. and they would throw up that yeah. message. Yeah, and that's that's how he got in, and then yeah. he became that guy. Yeah, you know, like you just you just kind of like you, you almost have to follow somebody else's model. Yes, you know, like like you got to like look at how they became successful and figure out how you could do that your way. Yeah, it's uh, I mean think about it. Here's here's the analogy is is there is a huge blanket of snow out there cutting you off from <laughs> from everywhere and everything and but if you take a quick look if you take a careful look you will find the footprints in the snow and you can follow them to the right. next or, to the, to the or next you, town or just get one of those flamethrowers that Elon Musk sells and just use that shit Fuck and that And just make guy. your own path. Make what? your own path. He's a fucking, he's a low-rent Marvel supervillain. He's, he's definitely a fucking weirdo, for sure. He's like, a I mean, fu- he's, he, says, he says the dumbest shit. He's fucking for, for MODOK is what he is. He's he fucking, really is. He's, he's cartoon <laughs> MODOK, though. He is MODOK. Fuck him. Why, why, but, why is the guy, why, <laughs> but, why I mean, does Reed Richards have to be such a fucking asshole? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I will say, I really love the uh, the not a flamethrower that he was selling, Ugh. marketing it, marketing it as not being a flamethrower, so he could sell it legally. Yeah, but it's actually a fucking flamethrower. Such a douche. Such oh, a for douche. sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, the fact that he's buddies with Joe Rogan is proof enough of that to me. I fucking hate Joe Rogan. You know, I, it's funny because I actually. When I first started doing wrestling commentary, yeah. I modeled my wrestling commentary almost after 
Joe Rogan's MMA commentary. Okay. Like, like in which, like, his reactions are natural reactions. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, nothing sounds forced. And I feel like a lot of people will put on their announcer voice, oh my goodness, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they just react accordingly, like the way that they think they're supposed to react. Um, when he sees somebody get, like, fucked up in a UFC fight, he's just, like, losing his shit and, like, yeah. jumping up and down, going crazy because he's a big fan. And that's, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge fan. So uh, a lot of people have, like, criticized my commentary. I mean, I get it. I say fuck a lot. And I'm working on that, okay? I'm, I really am. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, like, like, whenever somebody asks me for advice on how to do good commentary, yeah. I just say, like, yo, you have to react natu- naturally because it sounds forced. I can't get into you. <laughs> like, yeah. like have a good time, you know, like be a fan and just do your job. You know, just like you're a narrator basically. Yeah. So other than Joe Rogan, fuck, disappointing. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the, what's the pop culture shit that, that, uh, that you take your motivation from? Like, I mean, going back to your teens even. Oh, well, like interspecies wrestling for me, when I first started it, I basically wanted a wrestling promotion that was a mix of comic books, yeah. which you would see from like our DVD covers and shit back then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, horror movies for sure. I take a lot from horror movies. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's just like, uh, like, like, uh, stand up. Like I used to love stand up comedy. I used to really love Patton Oswald. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just, used I just to? mix. Uh, well, I mean, I still do. It's just like, when was the last time he did a stand-up special? Did yeah. he do one recently? Uh, not last, the last one I remember was the one where he's talking about the fucking KFC Famous Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> America eating my food out of a single bowl. Happy birthday. I'm 43. Like, but like, a failure pile in a sadness bowl. Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, like pop culture is just like comic books, video games, horror movies. Like I, I take from literally anything that I watch and enjoy. I try yeah. to take something from it. One time I, I, I got the most inspiration for like, like drawing up gimmicks and stuff from watching Rick Moranis's little shop of horrors. Like, nice. like for some reason that inspired me, like just the, the most random things inspired, you yeah. know, when it comes to pop culture. So that's, that's what I take from and uh, who is left unbooked for you? Who is on your list of people that y- you think to yourself, okay, I've got to find a way to bring this person in? Uh, well, it used to be Masato Tanaka. Oh, like, God. Ta- so, so so high up on my list, dude. Addy Star and I are massive Masato Tanaka fans. Okay, well, you have like, a thir- you have a third friend. <laughs> I was the one. I was the one who suggested to her, like, "Yo, start using the sliding D." Like when he started doing that move, yeah. because like that move is so dope and yeah. it's so easy. Like you just literally slide on your ass and elbow a motherfucker in the face. Yeah, and she does it quite well. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, Masato Tanaka was slash is on my list right now. I'm really big. I mean, now and always, I've basically really been big on um, uh, Jun Kasai. Okay. He's a Japanese deathmatch wrestler. Yep. I really would love to see what he could do with the blocks. Oh, okay. I think he'd go nuts in that shit. Yeah. Um, other than that, of course, uh, Kikutaro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the man's the god of laughter, and we do comedy wrestling. It's it's just perfect. Yeah. Uh, he once challenged me to a farting contest on Twitter. <laughs> Classy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a maniac. 
uh, there's a lot of people I want to book. Like, like uh, I think that the list, if I was to write it out right now, would probably be like a hundred people deep at least. <laughs> um, like right now, when it comes to like watching the indies, uh, I think that my favorite wrestler to watch right now is Ricky Shane Page. Oh God, yeah, I, I uh, tried to get Ricky for my uh, SummerSlam week show in 2019. Okay. And basically, I just, I called him and I said, uh, hey, Ricky, you want to come to Toronto and beat the shit out of me? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to book somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping. But he, I mean, was, I, he was already booked up, so. I don't yeah. think there's anybody more versatile than him right now. Like, oh, he, he's he, fantastic. He could do it all. He yeah. could work anybody in any style. Dude, he worked a fucking match in a wheelchair. <laughs> like, yes! And it was amazing. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I I desperately want to bring uh Ricky to Toronto for uh for a union show. Yeah. Uh yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um and and what you say that you're watching a lo- Oh, well, hold on. Let me let me before I get to the to that, I I have to ask you of the people you have booked over the past 15 years, 16 right. years, 16 years. Yeah. Who, who, who's the most, uh, who, who have you, who, who would you not sit in a room with again? Like, oh. who's the biggest motherfucker you've had to deal with? Uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, it's funny because like anybody who I'd never book again, their name is not worth saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to give them that sort of uh satisfaction to yeah. have been mentioned on I like that. I a like podcast that. as awesome as yours. I like that. Um yeah, there's there's a few. <laughs> there's definitely a few. Okay. Definitely a few. Um we booked a guy once in a match. Uh, it was a pre show match and it was actually like a paid spot from another promotion in Connecticut. Okay. And this guy for some reason, I don't know if like he was doing it because he thought we were a joke or whatever. But he fucking dressed up as the Sandman. Like he came out in like the Zubaz shorts and like the American bandana with a cane, and he was drinking beer. And I'm just like, this guy's a fucking clown. Wow. And like, okay. who does who, who does hardcore shit on a on a pre show match too? Like, like how dumb are you? Yeah. Like, um. So anyway, he works the match. It's shitty. Like, <laughs> I might I might throw it on the uh, on the Twitter soon, just so people can see. Please do. And shit, and shit on it. And uh, it's shitty. It's really bad. And then um, he's sitting backstage. And have you ever met? Have you ever met uh, TDT Tabernacle Team? Oh, of course. Okay, so they're sitting backstage. They're talking French. Yeah. And this fucking guy, <laughs> he just walks up to them and goes, "Yo, you guys, it's fucking rude that you're speaking French. This is America." Where was the show? Connecticut. Okay. All right. So, so. I mean, TDT and the two other French kids they're talking to, they just start openly cussing the guy to his face in French. In French. (laughs) So then one of our refs sees what's going on. This guy, Eric, who's straight up fucking like New York City. Like, he's going to get in your fucking face, even if he is just a ref, you know? Yeah. And he just gets in this dude's face and he's like, yo, man. He's like, he's like, you're a fuck guest here. Like. Like, act right. Like, sit the fuck down. Shut the fuck up. And then the guy starts mouthing off at him. And Eric says back, yo, whatever. Go fuck your mother. And 
This is where we found out that this guy's mother had just recently passed. Oh. Okay. So, uh, so like, they're they're about to scrap. TDT gets in the way, like, just breaks it up, you know. Um, you know, there's an apology. Like, everything's good. But then later on in the night, this guy had just, just kept drinking backstage. Mm-hmm. And he followed Eric up the stairs into, like, the main part of the venue. And then a sucker punched him as soon as he got up the top of the stairs. Okay. And so then, like, this is a fucking wild story. <laughs> so then uh, our camera guy, out of nowhere, just blindsides this dude and knocks him out. Like, he's out. Nice. Like, he, he fell down. He, he smashed his rib cage on, like, a bar stool. And he's all bruised up, like, the next day when he woke up. Uh. So then his friend, who was who tag-teamed with him drags him out to the parking lot and just starts yelling at him like yo you're fucking embarrassing us blah 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 and then the guy starts melting off at him so then his friend who was basically telling him like to act right and stop embarrassing him yeah one punch KO'd him <laughs> so this guy gets knocked out twice gets thrown in the back of the car and uh yeah that's that's the last time we ever booked that guy and here's a bonus story Involving the same guy. Okay. Same guy. Uh, hits this up the next show, and he's like, he's like, guys, I'm sorry. Like, like I want to apologize. You know, blah blah blah. blah. He's like, is like, as a make good, like because I acted like an asshole. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring catering. We're like, all right. So he brings like cases of water and like pizzas and shit, everything backstage, and we kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> Just fuck you. Like, I'm sorry, man. I'm not putting anybody in a position where uh, where they're going to be uncomfortable because of the way that you acted last time and yeah. like, you sucker punched somebody, et cetera, et cetera. And the least you could do, honestly, is buy everybody dinner because you were a fucking cunt. So, uh, yeah, we kicked them out. Uh, they never saw him again. Fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm creeping cage match trying to see if I can figure out who it is. You have to tell me afterwards. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't. I, it wouldn't even be on there. I'm sure. No. Huh? No. Okay. All right. That's still fucking hilarious. Uh, I'll tell you right now. It's nobody you've ever heard of. Okay. Yeah. And Good. that's that's like another reason why this dude didn't deserve to act right. You know, like yeah. Who the fuck are you, bro? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit, dude. Uh, what wrestling are you watching these days? Uh, I, like, I, like I said, I watch a lot of the indies, you know, like, uh, I've got like my, my IWTV account. So yeah. I'll watch, I'll watch whatever's on. Basically I watch, uh, there's a promotion called pizza party wrestling. It's run by a friend of mine named Dan in New Jersey. Okay. I watch that. I watch, uh, Tara Calloway's dropkick depression shows. I watch, uh, Matt Tremont's H2O, uh, hardcore hustle organization shows. Mm-hmm. That guy is, I, I know several people who have wrestling schools at the moment. Yeah. And he's, he's pumping out the fucking best students. Like, like these kids are prospects. Like everybody is going to be going nuts and trying to book them soon. Okay. Like they're, they're wildly good and they're all rounders, you know, like, uh, I mean, Ricky, pa- Ricky Shea Page has had bangers with a few of them. Yeah. I don't, I mean, he's, he's the measuring stick for me. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, he can have a good match with anybody. Yeah. So, but these guys are having good matches with other people as well. So they must be fucking good. Um, you just, but you, you just reminded me of something that I've got, I, I, I got to interject because I, I hope you'll get a laugh out of it. Uh, okay. 
I was, uh, I, I called a buddy of mine the other day, and I don't want to say names because it was only meant as a joke. I don't want right. people to think I'm actually insulting someone. <laughs> but I, call it, I called a buddy of mine the other day, and uh, we were talking about doing his podcast, and he had a couple of people there. And the one guy uh, said, jokingly, I guess, said, Hey, uh, Kingdom, how come you never, how come you never booked me for, uh, for Union? I, I said, because, he, I, cause our mutual friend tells me not to. He says that you absolutely, oh. I'm joking. I'm jo- I'm laughing right. as I say this. I say, I, I say, he says you absolutely suck. He's, <laughs> and then out of nowhere, I don't know where I came up with this. I said, you know how people always say that, Somebody's so good that they could uh, they could put together a match with a broom. He right. s- he says you're the broom. Oh. <laughs> like, yep, you are useless. <laughs> <laughs> Completely a joke for the hand for the three or four people on the planet who will know who I was talking to or about. Uh, completely a joke. Dude is dude is chill, uh, but it was just the funniest, worst thing I could think to say at the time. So, <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of saying the funniest and worst things. So yes, I get it. I've been for a long time. I've been saying if you ask me at any given moment, Anthony, what are you thinking? My answer will be the worst thing. What's the oh. worst thing I could say right now? My gosh. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of these weeks, I'm going to throw out a, an invitation for you. All right. Uh, so, John Greed, we've been, we trade days on Twitch. On, okay. on Thursday nights, I play poker with All right. a group of the boys. Now, A, you're always invited to play poker with us on a Thursday night. I'll play poker on a Thursday. Fuck yes. All right. But on Wednesday nights, and I'm the only one who streams that night, everybody shuts down their stream and they come and play poker. On Wednesday, we all shut down our streams so that everybody goes to John Greed's stream as we watch an hour and a half of Backyard Wrestling. Oh, I'm so in on that shit. I want you to come in. We have found a promotion. Promotion. Finger. I hope you understand the... Air quotes are happening. Uh, of uh, fucking tweens called MSW, and I can't even okay. think of what the M stands for right now. Right. Um, but they they put there. I'm gonna send you a link, man. Okay. They they put on a, a new episode of their show uh, every Friday at 6 p.m. Oh wow. They, uh, they're in the midst of their heavyweight title tournament. It's all like, they're me, I think they're 12 years old. It's everybody, is, yeah, I was gonna say, is anybody a heavyweight? There's, there's one, there's one kid named Kevin Masters who wears like a, uh, orange, uh, is it Goku from okay. Dragon Ball Z? The yeah. orange vest? Uh, he wears that to the ring and a hat. And he's the biggest of them. Okay. But they injured him in the first round of their tournament. Like, we're heavily into this promotion, MSW. I I think I'm going to have... 
Oh, like you're gonna go. You're gonna go. Time. You're gonna go fucking nuts. They got a trampoline that they okay. that they turned into a six sided ring. It's funny because like when I was a teenager, yeah, we we frowned upon trampoline wrestling. Oh yeah, like, it was like build a ring or bump on the grass or nothing. If you were Dude. a trampoline wrestler, you are a pussy. Okay, <laughs> now go back uh, thirty five fucking years. To when I was right. living in Scarborough and our our rink, we never it was long before like I'm talking about the mid eighties. This right. was long before there was uh anybody ever called it backyarding. We were right. we were just playing. <laughs> we Same. would get we would get four milk crates and those would be our turnbuckles. Those would be our cor- I, our corners. That and, works. Yeah, and and we were Dude, you'd have thought you'd have thought we we and it was true. We desperately wanted to work for Jim uh, for for Jim Crockett Promotions. Oh shit! <laughs> our our wrestling our wrestling was uh, straight Flair and Anderson and Wyndham and and Armstrong shit, man. So, <laughs> but these kids they've they've built corner posts. They've turned their trampoline into a six sided ring. They have an entrance way. Right. Okay. <laughs> they're they're and like I say, they're in the middle of their tournament, and we are watching this on a weekly basis with just bated breath. We're cursing out these two kids that we know the tournament is rigged so that they meet each other in the final, and we fucking hate them. <laughs> it is the best. We we have some regulars. Uh, that we try to find on the show. There's a there's a group in um, and I, it's either India or Pakistan that recreates WWE. Yo, stuff. I've seen them. I've yes. seen them. Yes. Yeah, they go fucking hard. Wrestling Reloaded, <laughs> I think they're called. Yeah, we just Yo. last last week we watched their Punjab prison match. Oh, and it's shit. like they built the bamboo structure. It's like fuck. This what? Is, yeah. Yeah. Um. There's a, a Russian hardcore guy named Nabiev. Oh, that guy's a fucking idiot. Yes. Oh, you've yeah. had dealings with him? Oh, I've I've seen him in like uh various like deathmatch groups on uh on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Oh, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. And people are like there's like blood marks that are like, "Oh, we got to bring him to the US. We got to bring him to the US." Yeah. And like I there are some like like uh low rent shitty fucking uh deathmatch promotions out there where yeah. it's basically just blood for the sake of blood yes uh, <clears throat> iwa deep south which was run by a guy who uh, is a holocaust denier and uh is part of the kkk but yeah um uh, whoa okay <clears throat> i was just i was gonna say we watched an iwa mid-south match a couple of weeks ago and oh in- i'm talking de- i'm talking deep south deep south deep south deep yeah. south I, i'm sorry i said mid-south i meant deep south yeah we watched an iwa deep south match a few weeks ago and uh, somebody scrolled down into the comments, right, and and found out that the guy who we were watching the match for was dead. What? And then we watched another. Oh, was it Spider Boudreau? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd have to go. Big guy with like tattoos on his face. Yeah, try and narrow it down, son. Okay. Uh... <laughs> but there's a there's a guy that there's a guy in the comments that we found out was dead. And then we scrolled a little further into the comments and found out the other guy in the match had just died. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, like one of their guys died from COVID, I believe. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Dude, it was fucking... <laughs> it was sad and, like, dark humor so, funny. So, so like... So, the, like, during, the owner... During, I'm uh, looking at his name. I'm looking at the guy's name. The owner is a fucking... Yeah, Kevin Brannon. Yeah, he's, he's like he's a Holocaust he's like, denier and a, he's, and a, yo, he's, he's and a clan Klansman. as fuck. He's clan as fuck. Man. Oh, that's good. And, that's good and for the know. longest time, for the longest time, these guys have like stolen our fucking ideas too. Like uh, our belt's called the King of Crazy title. Yeah, they've got, they've got a belt called the King of Crazy Shit title. Oh boy. Um, oh yeah, and they started <laughs> they started doing the blocks down there, and yeah. at one point, like they tried to steal like our cover artist. Uh, they tried to book some of my gimmicks and like, I don't, I won't tell anybody like when I, when I put a gimmick on somebody, I own the gimmick, like the gear's mine. I paid for it. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop you from working anywhere. Yeah. Like for, for years, I did not get along with Mike Quackenbush from Chikara, but if you wanted to book any of these guys, I'm not going to fucking stop them from leveling Making up their money. career yeah. and leveling up their careers and getting yeah. more exposure because in the end that helps me as well. Um, but like. Uh, when when this guy was trying to book them, I'm like, no, like yeah. absolutely fucking not. Yeah. No, you want to go work there, like uh, like with your own gimmick, that's fine. But he's booking you because you're one of our gimmicks, and he's marking you out for our shit. Like, yeah. But he's he's a bad person. A lot of people will not work for him. Like apparently, uh, they're funded by the KKK. Is what I've heard from a, a few times. Oh, that's okay. Well, I just literally cringed. Yeah, and then, like, during the pandemic, they've just been booking straight-up backyard shows where it's just, like, people who do not know how to fucking wrestle. The promoter himself wrestles under a mask there now. He's not trained. None of these guys are fucking trained. Uh. They just go in the ring. They they, they they wrestle in matches with barbed wire ropes and fire and uh, light tubes and shit. And, like, there's people on the internet, the same ones that support this fucking Nabiev fool. Yeah. The... Like they support this too. It's like they're just seeking blood for the sake of blood. Like they're not going to be happy until somebody fucking dies. Like they're not going to be happy until the fans bring the weapons becomes fans bring the shotguns, and like like people are just like straight up fucking dying in front of them. Like they're just they're they're the most disgusting kind of vampires. And I'm somebody who really appreciates deathmatch wrestling. I fucking love deathmatch wrestling. Yeah, especially when it's done right. Like guys like Jeff Cannonball, Ricky Shane Page, uh, um. Atticus Kogar, who's Ricky Shane Page's buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, those guys all fucking kill it. Matt Tremont was, like, the best of all time. Alex Colon, uh, John Kasai. Like, but these guys are a fucking joke. And I feel like if anybody actually brings that Nabiev guy over here, either he's going to die or he's going to kill somebody. Oh, God. And if I, when I watch this guy, like, his videos and shit, I feel like, I feel like he's the type of guy who might even have bodies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You might have killed a few people. Yeah. Well, he's got to have a day job, right? Right. <laughs> right. He might, uh, he, hey, fuck, I'll, I'll dig a hole. I can dig my own hole. He's I don't terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. No, he's, he's, he's terrifying because he seems like the kind of guy who, uh, wouldn't know when to stop. Right. And all these people are like, they're like encouraging him to keep, to go further. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those movies where um, there was this movie with Colin Hanks back in the day where he was like a like a cop or like FBI or something. And I forget who else was in it, but there was a there was a guy who was kidnapping people and then torturing them on camera. Yeah. And like 
like I've even seen it on like on like shows like Law and Order where somebody gets kidnapped and like they're being tortured on camera and people pay money for them to do more. Yeah. Like that's basically what this guy's shit is. Like, uh the 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 Deep South match that uh we watched I'm pretty sure it is uh Colt 45 and Adam Bueller. Yeah, they're they've both passed on. Adam yeah. Bueller actually had HIV and passed away. Oh wow. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, he like he passed like he hadn't wrestled like he got diagnosed and then like couldn't wrestle anymore obviously, but yeah. like, he passed away. Uh, he also battled cancer before that. Like, yeah, I, that, that I, guy was put through the ringer. I think at the time, I think when we watched the match, I think that uh, the cause of death on uh, on cage match is listed as uh, cancer. Yeah, he like he had, he he battled cancer. I think his cancer did come back, but he was also HIV positive. Wow. Yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah, man. He got he got put through it. Like that's fucking crazy. Wrestling is where do you where do you find the joy in wrestling? Where I find the joy in wrestling, uh, whenever people take massive bumps on children's toy blocks, <laughs> we bring it back around. All right, the because uh, we gotta we gotta wrap this up, or else I'll talk to you about bullshit all night. Uh, the Kickstarter. Uh, you can find a link to it at, uh, one million blocks, all one word, uh, spelled out one million blocks.com. There's we a actually, link, there's we a actually right bought, we actually bought a URL for the, uh, the Kickstarter. For the Kickstarter? It's, actually, it's dumbestkickstarter.com. Sweet. Yeah. Let me, let me know when you're done with it. <laughs> dumbestkickstarter.com. Uh, there's, as, as of this moment, we are currently talking. It is June 14th. There's like 35 days left. Yeah. Um, we're you're at like 64%. Yeah. Right now, I'm looking at it right now. You're at, uh, you're a shade under, excuse me, you're a shade under $5,500 Canadian with a goal of $8,500 Canadian. Yeah. Oh, hiccups. Uh, what is this particular money going to be used for? Well, a lot of the money is going to end up going towards uh, paying for the tier rewards because like, we're offering some crazy shit, like anything from exclusive merch, like T-shirts, stickers, uh, and stuff like that, to um, sponsorship opportunities as a tier reward. Like you can, we have a tier where you can put whatever you want on a turnbuckle pad, and then we send you the turnbuckle pad afterwards as well, that signed or whatever if you want it that way. Okay. Um, we're basically selling ad space through Kickstarter. Um, there's the opportunity to sponsor a wrestler, which is a big thing right now, especially in wrestling where you can't sell, you know, to capacity mm-hmm. ticket wise. Okay. Like that's definitely something that's keeping the Indies alive. Yeah. Um, uh, plus there's also like ring used items. Like, uh, we have something called, we have a tier called you, that one has skin on it, <laughs> in which, in which I, uh, I send you a clear container. Like we get like a clear case. And fill it with some ring used blocks, and yeah. uh, it'll come with like a certificate of authenticity and stuff. Uh, um, plus, uh, I mean, replica belts. Uh, fucking, there's so much shit. Like yeah. we set it, we set this up. Like there's a lot of people who are giving to independent wrestling now and keeping independent wrestling alive and yeah. afloat, and they're getting nothing in return other than the satisfaction of, you know, like hey, I, I helped make this happen, and they're cool with that. And that's fucking admirable as hell. Like, you know, like you're really, you're really putting your money where your mouth is, especially when it comes to something that you enjoy watching. Yeah. 
you know? And, uh, like, we, we, we love that, but we figured we wanted to give people some cool shit. Like, so a lot of the money is going to go towards uh, paying for the tier rewards, shipping them out and whatnot, but the rest is going to go towards, you know, just just getting to the U.S. and making this thing happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, our wrestling revenue was, was cut off because of COVID, you know, yeah. like, uh, and, like, we, we just need help. We need help to put this on. Um, like, uh, it, like I said earlier, it got to the point where I'm not even suggesting that people buy new blocks off Amazon because the prices went up and whatnot. Uh, so if anybody wants to help put this on, dumbestkickstarter.com, like, pledge whatever you want. You're going to get something cool out of it. And, uh, you're going to help make this happen. Um, basically, like, you are as important to this show as I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and, uh, fucking love and appreciate you <laughs> and tell uh tell people where they can find you and find isw uh online uh isw is online uh instagram as well as uh twitter we are at isdub that's at isdub um i am at rachi kong on everything as well uh-huh. uh, like it's like donkey kong but rachi and uh Interspecies Wrestling right now, uh, we don't have an official website. We just got 1millionblocks.com, but interspecieswrestling.com also leads there. And that's basically our online presence. <laughs> and uh, and if they want to uh, if they want to watch any of your uh, absolute bullshit, yes. uh, <laughs> where can they find video? Uh, IWTV. We're all over IWTV. We were one of the first promotions to join when they were called Powerbomb.tv. Okay. Before the IWTV days. All and... Right. Uh, you know, we're still still going steady on there. All of our new shows immediately go up there. Um, this show will be broadcast live on uh, IWTV. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's honestly, like, I ran a show in 2019 uh, during WrestleMania week as part of the collective. And it was the biggest thing I ever did. And it had a really huge crowd. This show won't even have half that number of crowd because yeah. the building running doesn't have the capacity. Right. However, I really do believe this is the biggest show I'll ever put on in my life. And uh, I appreciate anybody and everybody for helping me do that. All right. Mike Roch, my God, thank you very much for joining us today for the uh, Handsome Genius Club radio show. I am neither handsome nor a genius. Uh, yes, you, you're, you're both. You're here on the show. That's fucking proof positive of both. All right. I mean, <laughs> my wife says I'm cute, so. Hey, that's all you need. Yeah, and I've had a few of those, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, kids, that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. You can find me on all your social media at My Name is Kingdom. That's Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and the all important Patreon at My Name is Kingdom. Uh, look for me there, look for me everywhere. And um, we'll be back here on Thursday. In the meantime, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, is the weekly Backyard Wrestling stream at twitch.tv slash greedwrestling, G-R-E-E-D wrestling. And then, uh, of course, Thursday night after the next episode of the podcast, You'll be able to watch dogs playing poker on my stream at the aforementioned twitch.tv slash my name is kingdom. 
uh, tonight, Tuesday night, some kind of game, maybe Goose Goose Duck, maybe Code Words, uh, and then back on, this is so out of, Tuesday Code, Tuesday a game, Wednesday Backyard Wrestling with Greed, Thursday Poker on my stream, Sunday morning, New York Times crossword puzzle, uh, sometime after 10.30, when it, it, it depends on when RJ City finishes his YouTube stream and when I wake up. So sometime between 10.30, set your alerts for Twitch. Uh, follow my Twitch channel and set alerts. And you'll know when I wake up because we'll start doing the crossword puzzle. All right, that's enough for now. Uh, back with you all here on the podcast on Thursday. Uh, remember, take care of one another. Find some good trouble to get into. Your Uncle Kingdom loves you. Bye.